Right to the preaching now. If you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to go to Luke chapter 19, verse uh, 1 to 10. Uh, if you have that, keep it. We're going to go through it a couple times, so don't close it off. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10 says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief among publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. He could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I, have, I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him this day, Salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which, is, which was lost. And let's go talk a little bit on the word and. And let's just pray one more time together. Jesus, God, I thank you for your presence. God, that's just stepped into this place. God, I thank you for your spirit, for your power, and your anointing that's here. God, I pray you would anoint our ears to hear what you want us to hear. God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I suppose somebody said when we were doing our testimonies that they liked when I would say we're going to do things a little different. So here we are again. Are you ready? We're going to have a quick English lesson. English was, uh, in school, was one of my favorite classes English and art. Um, I didn't really like math, I found it boring. I didn't really care for science because both of these things are pretty structured and I'm, I'm a free spirit. <laughs> and I, I like to be able to be creative or to, or to make something or something. I don't know, maybe that's, that's just me anyways. So there's a thing in the English language called a coordinating conjunction or called a coordinator. Um, they are... A coordinator is a conjunction that joins or coordinates two or more items such as words, main clauses, or sentences of equal syntactic importance. So some examples, we'll get there, don't worry. Some examples of coordinated conjunctions in English and what they do, um, for, the word for, it presents rationale. So um, something's going to happen because of something. So for example, they read and they write for they are educated. Okay, nor is another one, presents a non-contrasting negative idea. They do not read, nor do they write. But, um, presents a, contra a contrast or exception. They can see, but they do not read. Or, presents an alternative item or idea. Every day they read or they write. So there's two options, right? You guys know this. Maybe not know all the words, but you know what they do. You know what it means. Yet... Um, presents a contrast or exception. They can see, yet they don't read. So presents a consequence. He wrote it, so I read it. And 
presents a non-contrasting um, presents non-contrasting items or ideas. They read and they write. Webster says that uh, the word and is used as a function word to indicate connection or addition, especially of the items within the same class or type, used to join sentence elements of the same grammatical rank or function. You got, you got all that? Everybody taking notes? Basically, and is a word that connects two or more words or thoughts, connects things together. Um, on their own, these thoughts are complete. But when you put and in, in there, it connects them and puts them together. I can read, that's fine. I can write, that's fine. I can read and write, it puts them together. You, have, you know what I'm saying? It puts them together. Two complete um, thoughts, they're fine on their own, but and connects them and keeps the story going. Um, hopefully you're still with me. I know we didn't come to church for an English lesson, but here we are. So we're going to read through our text again. You may notice, I don't know if you noticed the first time, but there's a word that pops up a lot. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And he sought to see Jesus who he was. And he ran before and climbed into the sycamore tree to see him. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And he made haste and came down. And when they all saw it, they all murmured. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to thy house. And connects all of those things together. If you take the word and out, they're all, they're all fine sentences. They're all complete thoughts. Jesus entered a pass through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He sought to see who Jesus was. He ran before and climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him. Jesus, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. He made haste and came down and received him joyfully. When he saw it, they murmured. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come into the house. You got what I'm saying? They're all complete thoughts. They're all fine. But you take one out, it, it makes sense on its own. You can just pick one of those verses out. You can just say, you know, um, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half my goods I give to the poor. You know, you can take that out, it's fine on its own. You can, you can say, um, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. They're fine sentences, they're fine thoughts. But the word and is what ties all of them together. So we're just going to go through this. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Cool. There's Jericho. It's an important city in the history of Israel. It's the first city that God gave Israel when they came out of the wilderness. It was the first um, it was part of the promise, part of the promised land. It was the first place they came to. It was a big deal. And later, um, Eglon, the big old fat king of Moab, took it over. And Ehud killed him. We all love that story. And so it's, it's cool. Jesus came to visit here. That's nice. You know, Jesus came to Jericho. That's a good thought. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief among the publicans. And he was rich. Okay. So the story goes on. So there's a... There's a guy who lives there, Zacchaeus. That's neat. He's a big deal. Um, he's got lots of money. He's a rich guy. He works for the government. One of those types of people probably disliked a bit. Because that's generally how it is when you work for the government. <laughs> people just don't like you because of what your job is. That's usually how it goes. The next verse says, And he sought to see Jesus, 
who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature. Oh, so there's more to the story. It wasn't just Jericho. It wasn't just Zacchaeus. There's more to the story. So, so the Zacchaeus guy, he wants to see Jesus. Obviously he did because it's in the Bible. The Bible, the New Testament stories about Jesus. So obviously they're going to be connected. It's going to be related. So, but it says that he wants to see who he was. He probably heard stories about Jesus. He probably heard rumors about this Jesus guy that was coming through and healing people. He probably knew some things and he wanted to see if it was true. Has anyone ever been like that? You heard things were happening at that church. You heard things were happening at that, you know, services going on. You heard things were going on and you wanted to, you went and you checked out, checked it out for yourself. Right? You heard about God. You heard about Jesus. You heard there was miracles happening. Your lives were being changed and you want to come check it out. That's usually how it works. In November, we were in, in Ghana, in Efodawase, and we had crusades, and they had speaker stacks at least this high. And everybody heard. The whole street heard. You know, sometimes we complain that it's too loud. You know, I was, you would be deaf. It was rough. Like, they could hear you all the way down the street. People were in their houses listening because they didn't have to come out. We met a guy... <laughs> Everyone heard it down the street. We met a guy who had, who had been listening for the whole week. And we had, he hadn't even been to church. But he'd been listening. He decided he was going to give his life to God, he said. And he came the last service. He'd heard. He'd heard about it. So he went to see, um, he went to see what was going on. Zacchaeus had heard stories. And he wanted to see. He wanted to see Jesus. It's a good start. But he couldn't. It's a plot twist. There's too many people. It's too big a crowd. He was short. That's the worst. The crowd's too big. I was talking to a guy um, when I was in St. Louis, another pastor, and he was telling me a story about how he went to Ottawa, and uh, John Cretchen was the prime minister at the time. And he was coming through, and there was just crowds of people. And this was back before digital cameras. And... He wanted to get a picture of him because, you know, he's from New Brunswick. You know, it's a big deal, right? So he's a few people back he can't see because he's not tall enough. You know, there's big people in front of him or whatever it is. It's about my height, so I don't know. I'm not tall. I'm not short. I'm just in the middle. Somebody's, there's a lot of people taller. So he couldn't see. So he, <laughs> he knew he was coming. He had a sense, you know, where he was. And he jumped up on his friend. And he snapped a picture real quick. And the security started mobbing him. <laughs> they didn't know what was going on. But he got down and you know, he got that picture. But where he was, he couldn't see. In order for him to see, he had to climb up on his friend and almost get wrestled by security. <laughs> but have you ever been in a crowd like that where you can't see maybe a parade or, I don't know, a concert or something going on? Maybe a church service that's packed? You're all on the floor and you can't see what's going on. You know, you put your kids on your shoulders so they can see, and that's the thing that happens. Zacchaeus couldn't see because he was small of stature. He was too short, and it's a rough life being short sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's hard for people that are with short people. <laughs> Maybe worse, my wife. <laughs> 
She's just the right height when you go to a store. The racks are taller. And I'll be walking, talking. I'll turn around and she's gone. Terrible to pray for me. I know the struggle from a different point of view from the shortness. Zacchaeus was short and he couldn't see. Trisha can't see me. She's in the aisles. It's a real thing. And he ran before and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him before he was to pass that way. There's still more. The story keeps going. Okay, so Zacchaeus, he's, he's a smart guy and he saw which way Jesus um, went. He saw which way the crowd was going. This probably on the main road, you know, because Jesus is just going through Jericho. He's just, you know, you don't make a bunch of turns and go down all the alleys. You just go through the main road. So, you know, he kind of gets an idea of where Jesus is going and he gets ahead of the crowd and it says that Jesus was passing through. So he climbs up a tree to see. It wasn't enough for Zacchaeus just to hear him go by. He wanted to see. He had already heard things before. He needed more than that. Jesus was close and he was probably never going to be closer than he was right now. He wanted to see who he was. He wanted to know who he was. He wanted, he wanted it so much that he was willing to look a little foolish. When's the last time you saw a grown man climb a tree? For fun. I mean, if you're, you know, maybe if you're picking apples or you're lost in the woods and you're trying to see if there's anything out there or, you know, your cat went up, I don't know, a kid stuck in the tree, something. But generally, you don't see a lot of grown men just hanging out of trees. It's not a thing. There's a thing, um, I didn't make this up, but there's a thing that we say called short man syndrome. I don't know if you heard it, you probably heard it. It's usually used to describe someone who's vertically challenged and takes it seriously. Maybe has a little chip on their shoulder and they try to compensate in other ways. I think I'm dying here. Hold on. So they try to compensate in other ways. And Zacchaeus was probably picked on. I don't know if you've ever gone to school, but if there's anything that makes you different, people notice. I wasn't bald in school, so that was good. But there were other things <laughs> that people noticed. He was probably picked on. Probably teased as a kid because of his height, and he reacted. Maybe he became rude and mean. Maybe he... You know, people like this, you know, they become kind of jerkish. And people have been picking on them so much, they just, I've had enough and I'm just going to, you know, they, they um, try to compensate in other ways. They, they spend a lot of time obsessing over exercise or, you know, you ever meet those you know, guys that are like five foot four and just, just jacked, you know. Those. So that's kind of like Zacchaeus. He had, he was, you know, he didn't, he was short and he, he took it. Personally, he became a tax collector and he took it out on people. He started ripping people off. He started taking money from them because of, you know, what, what had happened. He took advantage. Maybe some of the same people that had teased him, he was, oh, I remember you. Your taxes have quadrupled this month. But that's what Zacchaeus was like. He had, 
sort of thing happened. But he was so hungry. He was so willing to see Jesus that he put all that aside. He didn't care anymore. By climbing the tree, he admitted that he wasn't tall enough. He admitted that he couldn't do it by himself. He admitted um, that getting to see who Jesus was was more important than anything else. It was more important than his position. It was more important than respect. It was more important than his authority. He didn't care. He didn't care how people viewed him. He didn't care what people saw. He didn't care that people made fun of him. Look at that little guy up in the tree. What a goof. He didn't care about that. He wanted to know who Jesus was. And we all have things that we maybe we're ashamed of. We all have things that maybe we're embarrassed of. Things that we don't like. You know, short tempers, attitudes, personalities that maybe we don't like people to point out. We all have a way that we present ourselves publicly. But if I say, Steve Tripper, what do you think? He's a quiet guy. Everybody? You know, I say, you know, Raymond, Weir, oh, he's a good musician, good singer. We all have things that when you say our name, people associate that with, right? We all have these personality personas that we put on for people. But in order for us to get to know Jesus, in order for us to get into his presence, sometimes we have to be willing to put all that aside. So it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people see in us. It doesn't matter what people think about me. I need to know him. I may be quiet, but when I worship, I'm going to give everything. I may be opinionated, but I'm going to listen to the word of God. It may be loud and boisterous and tough, but when I get in the presence of God, I'm just going to break down and cry. Because it's more important than what people think about me. It's more important than what people see when they look at me. Being in his presence is more important than that. We need to be willing to push ourselves to the side and not worry about what people think or what people say or what they see. Because it's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about knowing who he is. Zacchaeus was two things. He was short and he was a bit of a jerk. And he put both of those things aside to get into his the presence of Jesus, to find out who Jesus was. The next verse says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. So what happened? The story's going on still, right? And means it's connected. It's still going. Jesus saw Zacchaeus in the tree. Everybody saw Zacchaeus in the tree, but Jesus noticed him. And he saw that and he honored it. The story keeps going. When we put who we are, when we put our reputation, we put all that to the side and we focus on who he is, he will honor it. He called Zacchaeus down and he goes to his house. Were there people that were better than Zacchaeus? Yes. Were there people that weren't ripping everybody off? Yes. Were there people that were more religious than Zacchaeus? Yes. Were there people who had it all together? Probably. But whose house? Did Jesus go to? He went to Zacchaeus' house because it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. It doesn't matter what people see when they look at us. Until we're willing to humble ourselves and get into his presence, we're not going to have a move of God in our lives. It doesn't matter what everybody else sees when they look at us. It matters what Jesus sees. I know doctors, contractors, you know, big wigs in the oil company make lots of money. As far as the world is concerned, they're well off and well to do. But when they come to church, it doesn't matter. 
They worship just like everyone else, and they get into Jesus' presence just like everyone else, and they're broken just like everyone else. Money, position, power was not the answer. Zacchaeus had all of those things. But being in the presence of Jesus was more important to him. Finding out who Jesus was was more important to him than anything else. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And there's more. It keeps going. Zacchaeus quickly came down and received Jesus joyfully. He happily took him to his house. He gladly welcomed him in. Sometimes Jesus wants to come in and move. But we don't want him to. We need to receive him joyfully. We need to put our pride and our weakness to the side and get the attention of Jesus and let him come in and welcome him joyfully. Zacchaeus put all that to the side and he welcomed Jesus joyfully. The next verse says that when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. I think the story would have just ended there. It gets Jesus' attention. Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. It's good times. Right, that's good. But it keeps going. People, this part's going to be fun. People started talking. Surprise, surprise. That hardly ever happens, right? People never talk about you when you try to make life changes. People never talk about you when you, you try to fast or you try to quit smoking or drinking or swearing, right? That never happens. People never, people, people don't like to talk about you when you stop going to places you used to or you stop acting the way you used to. You step into new places with God. No one ever talks about you when that happens. You know, when you go on a mission trip where you pray more or you sacrifice things or you study more or they find you reading your Bible at work. Except every time. Every time it happens. You will never be able to do anything for Jesus without somebody complaining or murmuring or gossiping. And you'll never be able to do anything for Jesus if you pay attention to them. Who was murmuring? Who was the ones who were the ones complaining? The people who didn't have Jesus going to their house. The people People who murmur and complain and see the negative and everything that you're trying to do for Jesus are often the ones who aren't living right. They might look like it. They may sound like it. They may look like they have it all together. They may look like they've got it all lined up. But they're the ones that are complaining. The ones that aren't following him completely. Zacchaeus was a sinner. Zacchaeus had faults. Zacchaeus made mistakes. Everybody knew Zacchaeus. Everybody knew what he did. He wasn't perfect, but he figured out how to get Jesus' attention. He figured out how to get into the presence of Jesus, and the rest of them didn't like it. People would rather complain and murmur about what you are trying to do with and for God than look in the mirror and see what they need to change. What Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 41, He said, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, that perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Behold, let me take pull the mote out of thine eye, when thou 
Thyself, behold, is not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, cast out the first the beam that is in thine own eye, and when thou shalt see clearly, to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Basically, Jesus is saying, fix your own stuff. Where you start pointing out all the problems in other people. These people saw Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house and they're like, oh, he's a sinner. I know what he did. I know who he is. I know what he's done. But Jesus was going to his house, not theirs. We'd rather look at someone else and find fault than look at ourselves. Moving on. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And I've, if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. We talked about it this morning. But as soon as he gets into the presence of Jesus, he starts repenting. As soon as he gets into his presence, he starts pouring everything out. He starts letting all this stuff go. And he vows to make it right. There's nothing that time in the presence of Jesus won't fix. All we need to do is get into his presence and anything can happen. I say it almost every week, but it's true. That's why we praise. That's why we, we have prayer. That's why we have worship. That's why we do Jericho's. That's why we, we dance in the aisle. That's why we do these things. It changes the atmosphere and allows God's presence to come in and anything can happen. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation. Come to this house for so much as he is also the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. When he did all these things, Jesus changed his life. When he repented, when he poured all this stuff out, Jesus changed his life. And he said, I, can't, I have come to seek and to save the lost, not the people who think they're found. Luke chapter 5 verse 31 and 32 says, And Jesus answering, Send unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus is looking for somebody that doesn't pretend to have it all together. Somebody that knows what their weakness is. Somebody that knows what their sin is, and they're not afraid to get into his presence. We can have my wife come back, please. So back to the word and. <clears throat> Every time it looked like Zacchaeus' story was over. And. Jesus came to Jericho. Cool. And. There was a guy named Zacchaeus. And. He wanted to see Jesus, but he was short. And. He climbed a tree. And. Jesus came and said, I want to go to your house. And. Zacchaeus received him joyfully, and people murmured, and Zacchaeus repented, and Jesus forgave him, and salvation came to his house. Every time it looked like his story was over, there was an and. Zacchaeus was too short, but there was an and. It looked hopeless, but there was an and. People were gossiping and talking about him, but there was an and. And there is an and for you. He's not done with you yet. Your story is not over yet. If we could all stand, please. It may look bleak. It may look dark. It may look rough. But there is an end. The story is not done. Your story doesn't have to end tonight. 
Jesus wants to add to it. He wants to give you more. He wants to take you further. He wants to show you more. He wants to lead you further. He's not done with you yet. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. It doesn't matter. There's more for you tonight. And it may look like you're at the end, but there's an and. The story is going to continue. I backslid and he brought me home. I failed and he restored me. I sinned and he forgave me. I prayed and he answered me. My family was a mess and he showed up. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn and he showed me. I was sick and he healed me. I was lost and he found me. I was bound and he delivered me. I was bitter and he gave me joy. I was hurt and he eased my pain. I was lonely and he became my friend. I blew it and he gave me another chance. I cried out and he heard me. I was heartbroken and he bound my broken heart. I was betrayed and he came and he's never left me since. I was blind and he gave me sight. I was down and out and he lifted me up. I was dirty and he washed me clean. I was unlovable and he loved me. Your story doesn't have to end where you're at right now. There's more to it. He has more for you tonight. And, 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 and he wants to add to your story. There is more for you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter what is going on in your life right now, there's more to your story. Zacchaeus looked like it was over. It looked like he wasn't going to be able to see Jesus. And he found a tree. It looked like Jesus wasn't even going to notice him. And Jesus looked up and he saw him. It looked like Jesus wasn't even going to do anything. And he came to his house. It looked like people were talking about him. And he forgave him. And salvation came to his house. Your story is not over, no matter what it looks like right now, no matter how dark it is right now, no matter what's going on, no matter how much of a mess you're in, how much of a mess your family is in, the story is not over yet. And, and, and he has more for you tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to open the altar. If you want to come and pray, there is more. God has not done with you yet. Jesus is not done with your story yet. Hallelujah, he's not done with you yet. Honey, 